Hey everyone, you're listening to PR Hangover, a bi-weekly public relations podcast and talk show brought to you by Grand Valley State University's PRSSA chapter, and me, Courtney Fogel. Grab a cup of coffee and enjoy the show. Hi everyone, on today's episode I have Amy Knapp. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little about you? Sure, so my name is Amy, as uh, Courtney said, and I am the Director of Development at the West Michigan Center for Arts and Technology here in uh, Grand Rapids. Okay, so what's your story? Like, how did you get to where you are today? Sure, so um, I was a public relations major in college, went to Western Michigan University, and uh, really got involved with our student newspaper at Western, the Western Herald, and really thought at first that that was going to be my route, that I was going to be a a journalist. And my first job out of college was at a weekly newspaper, um, but through that I discovered I really enjoyed writing but I was not a great reporter, and there's a difference okay, in some yeah. of that. And so um, I did some other work with a, a trade association, and then I really got into nonprofit work by working for a consulting firm in Kalamazoo where all of our clients were nonprofits, and we did strategic planning and campaign management, and I was really the writing arm of, of that organization. So I did a lot of grant writing and writing case statements and um, things with media and working on all of the language for different nonprofit clients. Um, okay. And then for several years, um, when my children were younger, I was um, I had my own freelance grant writing business. So I had clients and I did uh, professional grant writing um, from home. And then in um, 2011, I was um, hired on at WIMCAT, which is what we call the West Michigan Center for Arts and Technology. We're known as WIMCAT. And uh, I started as a development coordinator there and was development communications manager. And then uh, really just this past year, I've moved into the role of director of development. So okay. I, have a, I have a team on, um, under me at WIMCAT. I have a development associate. And then we have a development and communications manager. So cool. we're, we're a great team and it's an awesome organization. Cool. So can you tell us a little bit about nonprofit PR? What is it? What does it entail? Sure. What is fun about working in nonprofits is you get to do everything. And that's not always, I think, the case um, in sometimes the for-profit world where um, you might have a very specific role on a very specific team for a very specific product. Um, With nonprofit work, it can range from a really small nonprofit where you are a one-person shop doing um, fundraising, donor relations, all the communications, uh, to being on a team, maybe at a mid-sized nonprofit like WimCat is, to uh, a larger nonprofit where you might be on a specific communications team mm-hmm. or a specific marketing team. But what it really allows people to do is a lot of different types of communications, which I enjoy. Um, we do, you know, at WimCat, we have an eight-page newsletter we send out. We have an e-newsletter. We run social media for our organization. We create all the content for the website. And then really everything we're writing and putting out is speaking to our donors. We really want a, a phenomenal image in the community because that is what inspires people to donate to your mission. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think nonprofits, it's not transactional like a corporate. We're not selling a product. We're really always selling our reputation and always selling that um, we will be good stewards of people's donations. And so that really gives a unique challenge to communications professionals to tell stories that inspire people to give and also to make sure that your organization is transparent with how you use people's gifts. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So what's the underlying reason that nonprofits need PR? Why do they need their own 
like PR department or PR professionals to do the work? Sure. And so as I mentioned, I think some of that is um, because as a nonprofit organization, you are really asking the community to invest in your mission. Mm -hmm. You're either asking the community to donate their funds or maybe you're asking the community to be volunteers or to participate. And when you're going out and asking somebody to trust you that much to give of their time, talent, or treasure to your organization, um, strong communications is really important. It's not too often in nonprofit work that we have to get into crisis communications. We're pretty lucky that way. We're usually telling pretty feel-good stories, mm -hmm. but I believe somebody with a public relations background on a team is important in case you do get into a situation where you have um, something has happened and you want to make sure that the community understands um, what you're doing to address it and how you're moving forward. So having that public relations um, knowledge base I think is really valuable to nonprofit work. Um, you understand audiences really well when you're a public relations major, so you know that you're going to write something a little bit differently maybe when you're writing to a donor as opposed to maybe when you're trying to sell your after-school program to a teenager. Mm -hmm. So there's different audiences, and, and I think um, having a, a broad-based public relations background to understand how speaking to audiences in different ways and, in, and through different uh, vehicles is important. Sure, definitely. So what is WIMCAP? What, yeah. is, what is the mission? Sure. So WIMCAT's overall mission is we really are all about providing equitable access to opportunity. Um, that's our core driving value, and we do that through some um, incredible programs. We have a nationally recognized teen arts and technology program where we engage about 150 Grand Rapids public high school students in an after-school program. Um, we have, they can join up to one of 12 arts or tech studios. We have everything from video game design, photography, ceramics, video production, music production, wow. um, illustration, uh, what did I forget, fashion design. That's one of our programs. We also have an adult career training program where we engage under and unemployed adults and train them in living wage careers in medical coding, medical billing, and pharmacy technician. It's a tuition-free program um, where we're really trying to help families build sustained income security through careers. And then we have some pretty innovative social enterprise models. Um, we have a commercial screen printing business that connects young adults to entrepreneurship. We have a design thinking consultancy, uh, which has actually done quite a bit of work with different people here at Grand Valley. Um, and we just opened a cybersecurity training hub as another um, kind of way to train. So all of those programs, they sometimes on paper sound very different, but really it's all about um, providing equitable access to opportunity, mm -hmm. helping people along opportunity pathways, finding opportunities to make our community more equitable and inclusive. Yeah. So how do you guys get the funds for all of the things? Mm -hmm. We're majority philanthropic supported, so charitable dollars. Um, that's, that's the majority of our funds. We do have some earned income that comes from some of our social enterprise businesses, but that's about 20% of our budget. But really, we're working with um, foundation partners, corporate partners, individual donors um, who invest in what we do, believe in what we do. Um, see that we're having results and that we're making a real difference in the community. And so um, year after year, they, you know, they will invest in our work and, and uh, donate to us. Cool. So I've noticed in a lot of nonprofit campaigns that storytelling is huge mm -hmm. and having that powerful, like emotional appeal is really important. 
So could you give an example of maybe a time where you used a tactic like that, um, some sort of storytelling? Sure. No, that's very important. And I think um, it can be tricky in nonprofit work because you want to tell compelling stories, but you also don't want to exploit the people you're working with. Definitely. And I think sometimes there's a balance. Um, and you want to really use respectful language. And so that's something really important that I feel very um passionate about in my work with nonprofits is I kind of joke that I'm the keeper of the words at WIMCAT and our staff knows that and so things will come through me and I help us all to be on the same page with how we we talk about our students and what we what we say mm -hmm. um, I would never want anybody to tell a student's story without that student wanting to share their, their story but with that said it's um, in fact right now we're working on um, our year-end appeals. So usually at the end of the year, most you know, we send out a, a kind of an appeal for donations to our donors and then this time of year. And so right now we're doing some storytelling with that. So just okay. in the past week or so, um, we've sat down with three of our students, two of our teens and one of our adult students. Um, we videotaped talking with them because we'll do some videos that we can put on social media and, and, and some e-newsletters. And then we've also just, just chatted with them. And so now it's kind of using their stories to uh, tell the story of our appeal this year and, and yeah. really it's all about um, building futures in, in that way. Um, we do, as I mentioned, have a have a three times a year we do a newsletter and so in that newsletter we try to always fe uh, focus on a, on a student. Mm -hmm. um, at WIMCAT our language is very much um, uh, the the success of this student and where they're going and where their opportunity pathway is taking them as opposed to um, their life is so bad without you, I guess. Yeah. There's different kinds of storytelling, and we, we don't usually go at it from a deficit. We usually go at it from an asset. So mm -hmm. what is this person? How exciting is their future the because positive. of WIMCAT as opposed sure. to maybe how dire it was before. So right. that's, And that's just a way we, we approach that with storytelling. That reminds me of those like puppy dog commercials yeah. on TV, yeah. and it just makes you want to flip the channel because it's... Yeah. No. Although I'll say, sometimes I always say if I could just put a couple puppies in our annual appeal with our <laughs> students, you know, that everybody likes to give to. to no, no. <laughs> <laughs> what other tactics do you guys use to communicate with your donors? Let's mm -hmm. talk about that. Yeah, so really I think that almost all of our communication is to our donors and mm -hmm. that, you know, they may not see every piece, but um, we obviously will do um, some letters, some actual letters and mailings to them, if, whether it's an ask or it's an update. We do our newsletter, which is an eight-page full-color newsletter three times a year. We have a monthly e-newsletter, which is usually pretty short and action-oriented. We um, have pretty robust and active social media channels, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, we have a website. Obviously, we, we rely on that as well to tell stories. Um, and as much as we can, we try to get people to, to come face-to-face. -face. We just moved into a brand-new space on the west side of Grand Rapids, just about six, seven weeks ago. It's a phenomenal space, um, right next to the New Bridge Street Market, for people mm, who kind yeah. of know the area. But what it's allowed us to do is it's allowed me to reach out to a lot of our donors and say, uh, come let me give you a tour, let's talk. And so I think even having that face-to-face -face communication, you can't um, undervalue that at all. Definitely. So that's a part of it too. And then media relations comes into play. When we just opened our brand new space in September, we did a big push to get media there and to have coverage because that makes donors feel good that they have invested in something that is that that is successful mm -hmm. and doing well. When we just launched the cybersecurity training hub I mentioned, 
we worked with statewide media on that and to, to get coverage of that. Um, we had a TV station in recently to uh, do a feature on a program we were doing with active retirees in our arts classrooms during the day when our, our teens aren't there. Um, so hopefully you're also hoping that your donors may catch some of those. And, yeah. and again, that's giving you credibility with your donors when they see you on, the, on television or on a local publication doing good work. Definitely. So being that there are so many different nonprofits, how do you tell your donors, how do you encourage them to choose yours? Yeah, that is the, <laughs> that, you know, and it's, it's hard because I think in perhaps in more of a, of a corporate setting, um, competition is kind of uh, a given. And, mm-hmm. and you do look at your um, other uh, businesses in your sector almost as competitors. Nonprofit is different because we're such a collaborative uh, for the gooder, greater, greater good of the community and cause that we, we try not to talk about each other as competitors. Yeah. Um, and so with that, but there is the reality that donors have choices. Um, and so you do want to stand out. And I think the way I look at it is not as much that I am, my job is to ask people for money as it is to give donors an opportunity to live out their values with their gifts. And so if um, my mission at WIMCAT connects with them, I'm giving them an opportunity to, um, to kind of show that connection and for them to live out their values. And so it's a little bit of a different way of approaching than saying, um, I'm asking you for money, please give it to me instead of to here mm-hmm. um, in that way. And so I think it's just, and, and really with nonprofit work, donors, especially, uh, especially if you think of foundations and larger donors, they want to see collaboration. So a, a quick example I'll give is, um, Last night, the Literacy Center of West Michigan held, held a wonderful event, and they had um, a woman speaking who um, started out at the Literacy Center for coaching because English was her second language. She worked with Women's Resource Center on um, building up some of her, her um, career and professional skills, and through coaches at both those organizations, they recommended WIMCAT to her. She came through our program in medical billing and is now employed with Spectrum Health. So oh, right wow. there in one person's story, three different nonprofit organizations um, engaged her and gave her that pathway, and then a large employer in town is now where she's working. Yeah. So it's an example of, as opposed to me saying, give to WIMCAT instead of the Literacy Center, we're hoping that by showing the way that we all are working together um, for a more equitable West Michigan, that donors will, will find more places to, you know, more than one organization sure. to invest in. Yeah, that's really nice. What are your communication goals? When you're communicating, like on your website, how do you want to come across and what kind of tone of voice do you use and stuff like that? I think one of our jobs in communications with nonprofits is also to educate our community and our donors. And what I mean by that is um, an example at WIMCAT, we would never talk about people being poor. Mm-hmm. We would, uh, instead, we would say, you know, some of our students come from under-resourced communities. And I know it sounds like a, a semantics a bit, but the more that we can educate our donors in how we talk about people who are maybe coming from under-resourced communities, mm-hmm. that's a way to move forward. And so I think some of our goals at WIMCAD is always um, that really respectful language, and we do a lot of thinking about language we use, and we and we change that up, and we, we want to be... Um, an example we're working, as I mentioned, with um, active retirees. Prior to working with them, 
I didn't know that that was how what they would prefer to be called. And yeah. so I might have used a different language. So I think it's always being, and so some of our goals is to um, ensure that we're really using language that's important to us and that we're very, we're, um, with, we're really uh, paying attention to the language we use. Um, we're also, our communications goals are, sometimes it really is promotion. You know, we do um, a gala every year in March, and sometimes there's just communication around, we want people to come to the gala, we, mm -hmm. you know. Um, we did a, an event this fall, and so then you're looking at a plan where you're really trying to get people to the event. So it kind of depends on the, right now where we're into um, holiday giving and year-end giving, some of our language is shifting more to that. And so we'll make sure that our social media posts kind of line up with what we're saying in the letter that we send out to people. So yeah. if you get the letter and then you see us on social media, then you go to the website, you're seeing the same messages throughout. So we try to really align between our vehicles um, what we're saying. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. What's your favorite part about working for a nonprofit organization? Um, for me personally, it's it's the team at Wimcat. I work with a really incredible group of people um, who are smart, who teach me something every day, um, who make my world larger, you know, and broader and learning things. That's a, a big part of it. And I think that's probably for most people where you work. Um, I've been at Wimcat almost eight years. And in um, the development world and fundraising, that's a long time, unfortunately, mm -hmm. you know, unfortunately. And part of that is because um, I'm really inspired by our leadership and, and my colleagues. I think with nonprofit work, if you find the right nonprofit and the mission speaks to you, uh, that's a huge reward for working somewhere, to knowing that the work you're doing every day is advancing a mission that really means something to you. And I, you don't always get that in other sectors. And so with our work with equity and innovation and opportunity at WIMCAT, um, that really speaks to me. I'm really, I really believe in it. So it's not hard to, to uh, work and promote it and advance it. Yeah. If you had to give students a pitch, like public relations students, to go into nonprofit PR, <laughs> what would your pitch be? What would the pitch be? Well, it's interesting is that, I'll back up for a second here in that, um, Today, here at Grand Valley and other schools, you have nonprofit majors. You can mm -hmm. major in nonprofit management and nonprofit administration. Um, we didn't have that back 20 years ago when a lot of us were coming up through school. So, most of us in nonprofit work come from different backgrounds, like public relations or education, mm -hmm. even, or business. Um, and we kind of accidentally ended up in, in nonprofit <laughs> work, whereas today, the nonprofit profession is, is so professional and has so much behind it that I think what I would tell people in public relations is nonprofit work is, um, is, a, is a really exciting sector, and it's a sector now that is not um, volunteering. It is not the job you take because you can't get another job. Mm -hmm. It's not the job you take because um, you don't need the money, which used to be, I think, myths around yeah, nonprofit it work. It's now a field where um, you can have career laddering. So you can start out in one place and you can move up in nonprofit work. And, and I think that's, so I would say is, is take a look at it. I would also really recommend nonprofit work if you want to do more than one thing. So um, it's, it's good, it's sometimes tough unless it's a really large nonprofit that you're going to go in and be a straight 
public relations associate mm-hmm. person. Most likely you will be a communications and development. In many nonprofits, the fundraising end and the communications end are, are connected yeah. in a lot of nonprofits. And so that gives you an opportunity to not only practice your media relations skills and to do event planning, if you like that, because we all do events at nonprofits, but you also can learn how to write a grant and you can learn um, how to work with a, with a major donor and, and have a talk with them. And in that way. So it's it's varied work, it's diversified work, um, and, so, and it's also a sector that has really grown and has become um, a force of its own, which I don't think it always used mm-hmm. to be. Do you have any advice for somebody that wants to go into nonprofit? Um, I think like a lot of things, you know, uh, intern, find an internship, volunteer. Most nonprofits need volunteers. That's a great way to get started and see if you like a nonprofit is by volunteering with them. Um, you know, we, uh, I'm in the Association of Fundraising Professionals. I believe we also have a student chapter at Grand Valley. So kind of look at some of, of those things. Um, there's other avenues in nonprofit work. So many of our um, local public relations and communications firms have nonprofit clients. doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that you just go work for the nonprofit itself. Um, you could go work for um, a local firm like 834 Design and Marketing or um, Seaforth PR, or, and they have nonprofit clients. And so you might get a chance to try nonprofit out work that way, along with maybe corporate work and, and kind of see what and you see like. see what you like, sure, definitely. And that way too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This was really insightful. Yes, you're welcome. You're welcome, and good luck to you with everything. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter at GV underscore PRSSA. And check out the show notes for this episode on GVPRSSA.com.